Hey there, this is Matthias. And this is Lucas. From the Common Thread Podcast out of the Howard Thurman Center at BU. You'll also be hearing from Kobe. This is the second episode in our three-part series on mental health ahead of the Coffee and Conversation on the subject, held Friday, October 14th. Be sure to check out our first episode with recent graduate Emmy Parks on her experience with behavioral medicine at SHS and the director of the student group All for One. In our third episode, we will be speaking with Dr. Carrie Landa, Director of Behavioral Medicine at SHS. Today, we're talking with Saravia Vajram, a senior psychology major and founder of Speak Up, an independent and student-run support group on campus. On the program, we have Saravia Vajram. She is a student in the College of Arts and Sciences studying psychology. She has founded a group called Speak Up, which is unaffiliated with Boston University, but uh, is a presence here on campus. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the organization, uh, how you got the inspiration to start it, and sort of what its function is? Sure. Um, so I'm actually a transfer student, and I came last spring. And then when I arrived on campus, I felt like there was a big gap between um, mental health services and like the student body on campus. And I was definitely one of those people that did not want to be open about it and not go up to them and be like, hey, like I need help. So I started my own little um, support group uh, that met once a week. And it was specifically for um, people that were struggling with eating disorders because I myself struggled with an eating disorder. Um, And it went really well. And then over the summer, I was like, I should make this a thing. I should make it a little bigger. <laughs> so I contacted some people who were who previously contacted me and asked me if they were, you know, if there were groups for people with depression or anxiety or something else. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, let's let's make this a club. So I started the club and we started doing a lot of events on campus that are about mental health and speaking to your peers about what you're going through. It doesn't have to be um, a defined, you know, mental health problem, like, you know, I have an eating disorder or depression, like it could just be something as simple as I'm really stressed out and I'm having a crappy day and I need to talk to someone. So that's how it all started. That's, that's fantastic. That's I think. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Like, that's, uh, I think, you know, uh, um, Matthias brought up in another episode, if you don't mind, us kind of mm-hmm. diving right in the importance of people being able to talk to each other and the importance of interpersonal communication in terms of developing empathy uh, in terms of mental health situations, whether or not it's the person saying, oh, I'm just stressed or having a very serious problem. Can you talk about the importance of your organization and the ways you try to get people to talk to each other? Sure. Um, So the number one thing that I wanted to tackle uh, or the one thing that I wanted my group to stand for was you can talk about the ugly. So a lot of times when you're talking about, you know, if someone comes up to you and they're like, hey, how are you? And then automatically our answer is, I'm fine. I'm good. Great. I'm hoping. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And no one says things like, oh, I just had a really fucking shitty day and like everything's fucked up. I'm sorry for the effort. No, 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 please, by all means. But I'm just like. all means. Yeah, and so (laughs) one way that I try and get people to talk is by sharing my own story and by telling people how much shit I went through and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to 
give yeah. it to you in any other way. Like, yeah. I'm just going to say the way I experienced it. Um, and I think that really inspires other people to come out and talk. For sure. So, yeah. So, for example, we did the open mic event. Um, and it was actually shocking to see so many people come up and actually just give it to you the way they experienced it. And I think it starts breaking the stigma around, like, problems like these. And I think a lot of people just don't talk to each other. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Would you define the mission of the organization as breaking down the stigma uh, of mental health? Um, I would say it's, yeah, breaking the stigma around mental health, but also knowing that the, like, the number one step to getting better is being able to form connections with your peers, you know? Absolutely. There is sometimes there are people that don't, you know, you, you find a person that's really struggling, but they don't want to go to student health services and get a consultation and, you know, get prescribed meds or something. So what's the first step? The first step is to confide in a peer, someone that can understand you, someone who's in the environment that you're in, someone who can relate. Right. So, yeah. One of the things that we, that we identified, I think, in our conversations with everybody at BU so far is that one thing, one, one kind of blind spot that's kind of ambiguous and, and where it's kind of confused as to how you're supposed to go about doing things is the development of a support network, mm -hmm. right? You, you know, nobody's going to, like, hold your hand. And, you know, Dr. Landis said this in her interview. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't, we can't, like, call every student's... Uh, suggested uh, therapist list pr that's provided by their insurance. You know, we can't do that can't for do the that, suit, yeah. right? So there's there's like this little gap where mm -hmm. it seems that a lot of people fall through the cracks and don't actually get the help they need. And I think that, you know, a support group can really yeah. go a long way towards doing that. Yeah. Could you talk about that? And then could you talk about um, the concept of safe space and what that, and yeah. how that relates to your organization? Like what that sure. means for, for your organization? Yeah. Um... I kind of want to bring into perspective the incident that happened on our campus sure. very recently sure, sure. about the person um, that they are saying was a suicide, but I'm not going to make any assumptions. But I think that got me thinking about <clears throat> how scary it is because everyone looks okay on the outside and you're gonna, some people are really struggling on the inside. And I think these support groups are kind of perform like you know they're kind of um, providing a platform for students to just kind of walk in and just sit down and even if you don't talk you'll listen to other people speaking and I think that's enough to let them know you're not the only one that's going through this um, so that's one of the th reasons why I think the support groups could go a long way and I think it's also teaching the student body how to be able to like reach out for help when they need help or how to form connections with your peers. I mean, think about it. We're walking through the GSU. I see everyone on their cell phones texting away. How many times do you actually have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone? And I also found it really interesting when I was doing a table at the GSU, a lot of people don't make eye contact. They yeah. don't make eye contact. Yeah. And I think it takes them by surprise when you go up and you're like, hey, how was your day? Yeah. Or do you want a hug? And some people are just like, what? Oh, Get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's communication is like, it's, it's kind of alarming actually for our generation, especially because we are so self-involved. We don't realize how much is around us. 
we're how just, much we're missing out on how much just by being so self-absorbed. It's, I mean, this is actually something you're echoing from other people we've talked to, including Dr. Landa. And uh, so, I mean, it's really interesting that your group can kind of is trying, I guess, to break through some of that. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how would you say, you know, there's a person walking through the GSU, you're tabling in the GSU, and maybe they kind of meander over to your table because they're interested, they're not quite sure what's going on. Maybe they're shy, maybe they're absorbed in their technology, something of that sort, like we've discussed to this point. How would you go about trying to break through that and get them to at least come to listen? To form a connection with them, you have to be vulnerable first, and then that allows them to be vulnerable back with you. And I think that's what I did a lot at the GSU. It was actually a learning experience, like, also kind of just like waving, not just like waving the poster in people's face, but just kind of being like, hey, do you want to support your peers? And just write down how you're feeling today. Just, Just write down like one word. And then so people can see that you're not the only one struggling or, you know, you're sharing the happiness with someone else or whatever. Right, and, and so, what, I, what I really like about that, too, is that it's not just, it's both ends of the spectrum. It's both ends, and yeah. And that's so important, is, yeah. is that when, oftentimes we forget you're, mm-hmm. you're either on one side or you're on the other. Exactly. No, you can be you can be exactly. one day on one, one on the other, you can go through these phases. Mm-hmm. It's important to realize that it's yeah. not, it's, it's... It's a, it's it's a it's it's super multifarious. This oh behavior. yeah, like for the, sure. The, the 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 range of behaviors that mm-hmm. that we have to deal with and that we have to compose with mm-hmm. is is all over the place. And that and that is as much a part of the the issue as anything yeah, else. As we yeah. you, you have to identify that how like the term safe space. You know, it's thrown around a lot in today's mm-hmm. day and age. Yeah. Like a lot of people, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about that, yeah. a lot of misconceptions about what it means to have a safe space. Yeah. With regards to mental health specifically, to your mental health group, how would you, how do you imagine, how do you conceive of, safe and how space. do you define safe space? Yeah. I think there's a very thin line between wanting to have a safe space and then it becoming um, something that might be triggering for someone. So it mm. really depends on what kind of population you're working with. Um, so if I have students, like, you know, if students are coming in and they want to talk a little bit about anxiety or depression, right? Um, my idea of safe space is you can come in and talk about whatever the heck you want, but there has to be some kind of guidelines because at least when I was running the eating disorder group, mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, the girls that came were like, wow, this is a great space because I can actually talk about the ugly side. I can talk about how my friends don't understand. I can talk about how, you know, it's just a horrible thing and I feel like the university is not helping me. Um, But then I had to also have, like, rules because, like, you can't talk about calories because it could trigger someone else. You know, you can't talk about specific behaviors. And these are all, like, guidelines that you would see any support groups have. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hard, it's a really difficult, like, line not to cross. Because I want to be there for students who can come up to me and be like, I just want to talk about this. And, you know, maybe it's not allowed in right. a certain sense by society to, like, talk about this ugly, ugly mm-hmm. side. But at the same time, I want to be able to, like, have some kind of safety measures you know you don't want them to cross that line because even if you're talking to someone who's like let's say they're talking to you about suicide Mm. you have to know how to be able to listen to them and listen to the ugly side but don't let it get too out of hand right because you don't want to trigger that so i think it's something that professionals also really look out for is like 
trying to find that balance yeah, between and, and, having a safe space. Yeah, and, and that's not that's not an easy thing to. It's do. really not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Your organization is relatively new. Mm-hmm. You're still getting accustomed to the processes that you go through. Have you? Do you think you've come uh, had a situation where it's questionable what side of that line you might be on, and then how how have you worked to resolve that? Definitely. Um, there have been multiple meetings with my group where we would sit down and we'd talk about, you know, we need to have some kind of guidelines for people that come in to these support meetings. You know, when we're talking. Um, And yeah, we've definitely run into problems where, for example, I would have someone that came up to me and be like, I really want to talk about my issues with calorie counting, you know? Mm -hmm. And first of all, I'm not a professional. I'm just a peer. I'm here to listen. I'm here to provide support and share my experiences. That's what we're there for. We're not there to provide therapy. We're not licensed. We're not professionals. So when when I came across something like this, I told her... I said, we're here to listen to your story and for you to share and for us to kind of understand it and talk a little bit about the ugly side and like just acknowledge the fact that it's not nice and not everything is pretty and beautiful. Um, But if you're going to be talking about calorie counting and things, I really think you should reach out to so-and-so. And I actually have a list of... um, places like a reference list for students that come and ask me so if they say I'm looking for a therapist or I think I need to talk to someone more about this problem um, they'll come to me and I've actually worked at the multi eating disorders association before in Newton and um, so I have you know they gave me like a list of therapists and I know like BU has so many resources so my job is to kind of connect that person to the resources the professional world that's what we're doing. It's like we're the stepping so, stone. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's awesome. Absolutely awesome for a student group. And I think that what what I want to ask you about when it comes to that, this is kind of multi-part, so mm-hmm. pick whatever part you want to answer. But So when you first described the group, when you said when you talked about your inspiration for starting it, you said you were trying to fill a gap that mm-hmm. you felt there was between the yeah. university and the students. Yeah. Do you think that this service, no, I don't want to say service because it's not a formal service, but you know, this, this function that you're providing is overlapping with the university in any way, bumping into the university in any way. And then secondly, um, what, is the, what is the intention behind not affiliating yourself with the university? Yeah. So I think I've actually talked to this with a couple of people in the Psych Center for Rehab and um, Student Health. So I think the problem is when especially in university campuses, when you have such wonderful resources and therapists and people that, you know, can help students out. The problem is these people aren't stepping out of their offices, coming down to the students and just sitting with us and being like, what do you need? You know, let's, let's kind of just like talk. Like what, what, what does, what do you need today? You know, um, kind of stepping out of that authority role, I think is really difficult for like anyone really being a therapist or whatever, who's higher up there in the administration. So, um, yeah, I think one of the things that, the reason that I started this organization was, like I said, a stepping stone, trying to kind of close the gap. And the reason I didn't want to be affiliated with BU is because I think having any kind of affiliation with an institution, there's always a fear that you can't do whatever you want in terms of 
you know, helping out the community. Yeah, you're independent. Yeah, I want to be the voice for students. I'm not doing this for credit. I'm not doing this for any other thing. I don't see a need to be affiliated with BU. I'm just doing this because I want to be the voice of the students. And I think a lot of the times, the reason we even get this much, this much attention from students is because they know we're not like a student-run group through BU that's right. like, that has like a, you know, you have to like report to yeah. someone or you have an authority yeah. figure or something. Right, and you, um, can, you can imagine the existence and, yeah. and the participation in this group completely independently. It's completely independent. It's totally independent. Yeah, it's like regardless, like so, so for instance, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that for the most part you get students from, from BU, but I'm, I'm also assuming that if you had some kid show up from Tufts or Boston mm -hmm. College or mm -hmm. Harvard, you wouldn't turn that person no, away we just because on, the base, on the basis that they're a yeah. student from a different school, yeah. which I think is really neat as well uh -huh. because it, 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 it kind of, uh, on the basis of your group alone, you can kind of extrapolate the issue. It's not just one campus. It's not just one university. It's this entire constellation mm -hmm. yeah. of, yeah. of universities and, and communities that yeah. are struggling with this issue, and we're open to all of them, which I, which yeah. I think is, uh, is, is huge in terms mm -hmm. of being approachable. Mm -hmm. um, do, yeah. do you run into any issues in terms of the operation of your organization because you're not affiliated? So let's say uh, you know trying to get a table or yeah. trying to get a space to operate in. Mm -hmm. So the direct, I actually had a meeting with the director of the student activities office, um, and he has been the most amazing person in this entire process. He was very supportive when I went in there and I said, I want to start this for the students of BU, but I don't want to be affiliated to BU. And he thought that was fine, and he said, you know, maybe this is a reason that you're even going to get people coming to you in the first place because they know that you're just an independent group. Um, and so he's made the process so much more easier for us. If we want a table, we get the table, you know. I mean, sure, there's like a little bit of friction here and there, but I think that's what you get with being an independent student group. I think it's anywhere you go, you're going to run into some kind of friction. So, But we've been able to handle it well so far. Um, it's the support, honestly, from the director of the student activities. I think he's a fantastic man, and he kind of saw this as a good... Um, kind of like a good platform for students to kind of shuffle through when they're going through the process of should I reach out to a professional, should I reach out to the services at BU. At the same time, because you're not affiliated, it also means that you're not promoted as such. You're mm -hmm. not promoted yeah. promoted as part of like the umbrella of yeah, uh, yeah. resources mm -hmm. available to Boston University students, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and that's also one of the one of the biggest issues is that a lot of people just don't know what's out there, what's yeah. available. Yeah. Um, to, to them in terms of resources. How, yeah. do you, how do you go about doing student outreach? So one of the things we've been trying to do is be more present on social media. Okay. Um, so we have a couple of people on the group that are pretty consistent with social media things. We plan to do events as often as possible so that people know that we exist. Um, also, we've had a couple of good interactions with the director of the student activities. Yeah. Um, he actually promoted us through BU's webpage. Nice. So the thing is, like, even though we're not affiliated with BU, we got really lucky in terms of being able to still get promoted right. through them. Um, and then another important thing that came into my mind was when students are trying to get help, it's so overwhelming to try and find the right resource. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to bullshit about this. Like, when you go in for help, you get a list of, like, hundreds of names of therapists Finding an appointment with a psychiatrist on campus is hard. 
okay? There's so many students that are already going in. Um, looking around the area for the right fit of program or therapy or whatever you're looking for, it's hard. And on top of school and on top of your daily crap that you're going through, who the heck is going to sit down for two hours, go through each and every single office, call them, find an appointment? It's difficult. And that's one of the reasons a lot of students end up not asking for help is because they don't have the energy to even just sit and be like, oh, let me look through like these 40 pages of references and see which one's good. Yeah. You know? Let me ask you about this question because, and and I'm going to hit a little bit on the tension between your organization and BU in the sense that, you know, you're not affiliated. So yes, you know, you've had a good experience getting going, but at the same time, there's going to be some sort of tension. Oh, yeah. How do you... Uh, so, for, for, first and foremost, you said you would you would try to direct people to the appropriate resources mm-hmm. if it was something you felt your group couldn't handle. Yeah. Would you refer someone in your group to Student Health Services, to CARD, to the Danielson Institute, or would you say, you know, maybe you should explore some of the other resources in the area and we can help you do that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I have my reservations about Student Health Services. I have had students telling me how difficult it is to get an appointment with student health services, especially um, if it's like behavioral health. And I mean, I think BU's trying to do their best with the number of calls that they're getting every day. You can't accommodate everyone, like, you know, Dr. Landis said. Um, So when students do come to me, I always, I'm really honest about my experiences with various um, resources available on campus, and I always remind them, this was my experience, it doesn't have to be your experience, so you can go, and this is what's available, if it didn't work out, let's talk a little bit more about other options. So that's how I kind of work, like just because I had a bad experience, I'm not going to prevent somebody else from seeking their help so I kind of leave it up to the person I say this is what's available I think you should go give it a shot if you really don't think it's working there is definitely other options and the best part about this is everyone everyone that's working on the team or um, people that I've been interacting with they're always really open about what services they seeked out um, around the Boston area or so it's almost like a a network that's just kind of like tons of contact information and names and like it's it's actually been pretty nice. So we'll have like you know two or three people meeting at a meeting at the support meetings, and they'll be like exchanging numbers, uh, you know, their therapist number or something. And you're like, hey, you should like talk to this person. Like, I think you'll get yeah, along. Yeah, but straight up, practically speaking, that's how you build a support. That's network. how you that's build a support literally network. Literally, exactly. exactly the process by which yeah. you go to build a support uh-huh. network, so that you yeah. can, you you you're not only are you supported in a time of crisis, but also not yeah. in a time of crisis, which is way more important in terms Mm -hmm. of preventing you getting to a place where you need the kind of crisis intervention and support that demands, you know, a lot more investment and time and blah, blah, blah. It Mm -hmm. just involves way, 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 way more. Um, I have just a question about the kind of, the kind of, uh, the kind of demand, I guess, from, from the students who have been participating in, in the program and the organization. What do, what do they suggest? What do they see as necessary? Where do they want to kind of take the, the, the rest of the organization? Like, what do they want to so, see? So, um, from what I've been gathering, I think it would be very beneficial to actually have a discussion panel, which is what I'm planning for next semester. So we're planning to get, hopefully, 
some people from administration and behavioral health sit down, get the students in there, and just ask questions. And like, I, I think we need to, I, I wanna provide a platform where the admin and the students can literally talk and say, hey, this is what's going on from the admin side. This is what's going on from the student side. How the heck are we gonna deal with this? And then come up with something, you know? Um, and I think that's so crucial. I feel like there's very little communication from like the authority figures and then like the students and all of it's just through like media or email. I just think it's important for them to kind of step down and come talk to us about what we really need. And I would, I would tack this on as well as that shouldn't be a one-time thing. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be, be a one-time thing. I think it should be on a regular basis because, yeah. like, Feedback we, is we, so we saw we so we you look at the macro statistics about mental health issues going on on campus, and clearly, like, over five years, over ten years, there's been a shift. There's um, been a huge shift in, in the in the kind of necessities and 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 the kind of needs that 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 the student population experiences, and that's reflected in the numbers. So so yeah. for for an institution to be adaptive and responsive mm-hmm. to that, they mm-hmm. have to be in regular contact. Like that's yeah. that's probably been the biggest issue we've seen so far, is communication and gaps in yeah. communication for and coordination. Sure. Have you have you? Uh, suggested this yet to the university or is it still in the okay yeah i talked to um they were actually kind of excited about it because i don't think they you know just because i think to them the idea of being able to come out of their offices and sit down with us and just kind of have like coffee and chat about like mental health is pretty exciting Mm -hmm. considering they're you know they're 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 helping the people that want to be helped but are you helping the people that are unable to reach out to you yeah. Is the question right? So and you're they're professionals. Doing, they want to do that. That's they the thing. Want is that to their intention is, exactly. to, is to help out. Yeah, and I think the only way that it's 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 like it's kind of like give and take. The way we can help them is by giving them information for them to help us. And I think you know I think that's so crucial to any institution, especially with college campuses, is being able to have that communication between the admin the professionals and the students and I think that's what's lacking right now. I mean I think it's important that we realize that students who are at a university are are living their lives just as they would did before and just as they did after. This is a period in in somebody's life and a university needs to be adept at, at putting students in touch with the resources that they need but it's ultimately not um not the responsibility of the university to to encompass the entire spectrum to right. get to every aspect, but it needs to stay in communication with the students yeah. and make sure that the students are getting the resources. I agree. I think, um, like you said, she said she can't be in touch with everyone, and I agree. You know, one day if mm-hmm. I end up going into a professional field of psychology, obviously, you know, you're most of your day is going to be filled with meeting people that want to be helped and that are coming into your office. But that doesn't stop that doesn't stop our community from kind of forming a connection beyond just the institution in terms of like communicating about mental health, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she doesn't have to be there for everyone. Uh, what I mean to say is like if you put in a little bit of effort to form the communication with her mm-hmm. as a student, mm-hmm then she's going to be able to help you, you know? It's, it, it's, it's partly our responsibility as to well. I don't think, yeah, I think the students need to take it up on themselves because you can't expect the administration to do everything. I mean, that's difficult, and I completely understand her point of view and her side. I mean, I agree with that. 
but at the same time, I think it's it, it's going to take a little bit of work from both sides oh, sure. to form that kind of support. Because yeah. the institutional side of it isn't just uh, student health services. It's also res life. It's also yeah, yeah. student activities. And <clears throat> when you hear, I mean, when we were talking to Landa, she was talking about how she has one sort of area of the court, but then she's also trying yeah, to yeah. train people in res life, train people mm-hmm. in... Um, all these other groups. Have you heard about um, this program they launched called Terriers Connect? No, I haven't actually. It's interesting because it's right, it, it's very similar to sort of what we're talking about. Basically, mental health, behavioral medicine is trying to, they, well, they started this program back in February where they'll have like sort of like seminar sessions where they train faculty, staff, and students as well on how to recognize mental health issues and how to talk to mm-hmm. their peers about mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting but because it, I, I, I see it as like one of the first things behavioral medicine is sort of trying to do to sort of bridge that gap between yeah. the institution and student level. Yeah, to That's fantastic. On yeah. a very simple level, just so yeah. people know what to re- how, how to recognize yeah. things. Yeah, and I think, so that's what I'm saying. So I've had a pretty good experience in terms of like how BU's been responding to me. Um, and I think things like this, like Terriers Connect, that's what's going to help. Yeah. Um, the, the other program that they launched that I thought was was uh, really impressive in terms of how forward-thinking it was, and I think they launched it in January, February mm-hmm. as well. It's this semester is um, basically, I think it's a support program where you register yourself as a student and you're it, supposed to attend like lead weekly. View. Right, right. Lead lead view. View. That's, how, that's yeah, what it is, that's right? Yeah, that's the one that I went to. For sure. Yeah. And that that's, as far as I know, that that's this semester that it started, That is, right? yeah. It's kind of like a class almost. Right. And hmm. you go in. Um, it's, it's good. Like, I think it's great. And that's how I got to know Courtney is I went in and talked to her and I was just really happy to see such things like popping up on campus. Yeah, I think for we sure. need a lot more. Yeah. For sure. Can I ask, uh, going back to speak up for just a second, uh, you were talking about, we were talking about a lot of the ways this can benefit students, being open, stuff like that. Can you talk about, as the leader of the group, the way hearing the people who take part in its experiences has affected you? It's been moving, to be very honest. Um, I never, it's, it's kind of therapeutic for me as well, because when being able to connect to another person in that level, being able to listen to someone else's struggle, and then realizing how human we are, we all are at the end of the day, it's really moving. And I think I learn something new almost every day from people that come and talk at the support meetings. You learn a lot about strength. You learn a lot about vulnerability. Um, you, it's just you hear such amazing stories, and it's definitely been hard as well because you hear some things that are not so pleasant. Um, but I think it's all part of the process. And I think for me as a person, like I've had to really learn how to be able to be there for people, but also kind of disconnect at the end of the day and have some time for myself to kind of calm down, cope, and just kind of ground myself. So I think it's been a growing process. Yeah, I still have a lot to learn, though. So. Yeah, I think it's an indeterminate process. It is, yeah. We're yeah. on that yeah. level for sure. And, um, I think that's awesome. I, I mean, just the fact that you, you, you talk about how, how it can be difficult. Um, it can, yeah. And, like, I think that's another thing that, you know, we have to recognize and we have to acknowledge is just how difficult this it's very is. very difficult. And yeah. how trying and how challenging and how upending it can be as mm-hmm. well because 
you know, it, we wouldn't have to do these kinds of things if it didn't have yeah. a tremendous impact and a tremendous exactly. effect on, on the way we go about our lives in the short, medium, and long term. Um, yeah. Another another question, just regarding the direction you want to take your organization, like what 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 do you think? What do you think is most important for you guys right now as you're moving into the um, next year? Yeah, I think so. We've been getting a lot more attention lately, which is good. But I think now I'm kind of focusing on trying to form good relationships with the administration of BU mm -hmm. and other groups that are um, so active on campus so we can all kind of form like the bridges between each other and um, kind of brainstorm. Because I think it's wonderful when like multiple groups come together, they can sit down at a table and talk and brainstorm, right? Because like I said, we're not doing this for individual benefit. We're doing this because we really just want to help the student population. So right now our focus is going to be continuing the student groups, doing more events on campus, um, but at the same time connecting with um, professionals and kind of hearing their side and just understanding how we as students can help them and how they can help us. So kind of just bridging the gap, I guess, between the two. What um, so since since also like one 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 of the things I think that's that's super cool and super important about your group is that it really, like at its foundation, it really um, basically emphasizes the importance of taking the initiative yourself. Like yeah. you need to like how how are how are we going to make this better for each other? Yeah. How are we going to improve our lives? Like yeah. regardless of whether or not somebody else is helping, mm -hmm. right? So. Um, when you come from, when you approach it from that angle, I think it's really empowering. Item one, I also think that um, it's also much more conducive to, to, to making progress concretely yeah. as a group. Mm -hmm. What do you suggest for, for for students, just generally speaking, who might be who who might be thinking about these things, who might be who might be questioning about where where they're at with stuff, um, what they need to do to get help, blah blah blah, mm -hmm. like just. If you could talk to an incoming freshman, for instance, yeah. like what would you what would you tell them, and what would you recommend in terms of like how to like what how do you like navigate? What should right. what should you do? And, like, so easier said than done. Right. But my first thing to ever tell, like I have a brother coming into BU actually, oh, as a freshman cool. next semester, be vulnerable. I think a lot of people come in with the idea that you have to have everything together and like you have to like you know just know your shit and be awesome I think it's very important to know that you should be able to be vulnerable and talk about like if you, you know if something's not working then you just need to like say okay it's not working or I'm unable to cope with this and it's fine to reach out for help and I think a lot of us think we can do it by ourselves and it's a misconception because sometimes life can just get really shitty <laughs> so what's so poetic <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so admitting defeat, I think we can all agree, is really hard, right? Especially Very hard. Yeah. In the in the atmosphere that people are coming into BU, and I mean, it, it, for people who are coming in as freshmen, and I'm sure your brother, to an extent, is subject to this. They've just spent the last couple of years competing with their peers, yeah. essentially, to be the shining star that gets accepted to whatever mm -hmm. university, whether it's Boston University or another, you know, prestigious university. Yeah. Uh, and that, I, w I would say that that competitive nature sort of carries over for uh, sure. into Boston yeah. University. So how would you talk, I mean, can you talk for a minute about balancing the nature of, of competitiveness in the classroom and uh -huh. extracurriculars and stuff mm -hmm. like that with the idea that we need to admit defeat? Right. So when I think about being vulnerable, I don't see it as a defeat necessarily. Okay. I actually think it takes a lot of strength mm -hmm. to be Absolutely. able to break down and be like, 
hey, like, this is my weakness and I need help. And I think for me as a person, like, I've had, like, I'm, I used to be a very, like, I can do it by myself. Like, I don't need no help. Like, you know, I don't need anything at all. And it took me so much time to understand that being vulnerable doesn't necessarily, it doesn't mean that you're um, accepting the fact that you are being defeated by life. You know, it means you're actually brave enough to admit the fact that, you have too much on your plate and you need some help. So if I were to tackle this, you know, especially for incoming freshmen, I can understand when you're coming into college, you have that, um, you know, that kind of mindset already when you're on campus. But that's one of the reasons why I suggested that we have kind of like a buddy system um, where, you know, give the freshman a senior or like a junior or someone who's been there at the college for a while to kind of just sit and talk with them if they if if you know if the freshmen want to like mm-hmm. kind of just have a buddy you know like someone you can meet some kind of freshman group that you can meet once a week and just kind of be like so how's it going guys like are you liking it is your roommate being a dick like yeah, what's, yeah, going what's going on, on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so i think that's that's what i mean to say is like there should be some kind of like space for them to be able to ground themselves at the end of the day and be like whoa okay wait i am a freshman i did get in here but this is a lot. Like, I, my yeah. family's not here. New classes, like, random yeah. roommates. I mean, there's a program um, called FI 101 that sort of tries yeah, to Yeah, they try that. to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But th- I think the thing about that program is it happens only during the first... It's few, only your first semester, The first yeah. semester. And I think as a freshman, when you're in for the fall, it goes by so fast, you don't even know what the hell just happened. And mm. then you come back in the spring and everything hits you really hard. Yeah, I think a sure. lot of people mm. notice that. And so I think... To just kind of have, and I, when I mean like a buddy system, I don't mean like a formal buddy system where you're yeah, like, like, oh a, hey, like can we like, buddy or yeah. Something like that what I mean is like, yeah. What I mean is just kind of like having accountability and like you know, kind of connecting with your seniors or like someone who's a little like like a year or two above you who's willing to mentor you, kind of like a mentor, a peer mentor, yeah. and I think that would work wonders for <laughs> incoming freshmen. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Just thank you for thank you. No, for thank you for this. having and, and, and me. Thank you for, for yeah, sharing thank the room. You. I think no, it's, thank I, you I so much for having me. <laughs> thank you for listening, and a special thanks to Saravia Vajram for talking with us. In the last segment of our mental health series, we interviewed Dr. Carrie Landa of Behavioral Medicine at SHS. You can get updated about our new releases by signing up on our website, bucommonthread.com, and you can search for us on iTunes as well. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Until then, we'll keep looking for the common thread.